City Church, if you guys would please give a City Church welcome to Miss Susan Richardson and get ready because it's going to be good. I love you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Glory. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Uh, first, before I get into the word, I, I want to say a few things first. First, I want to say that, you know, I've traveled all over the world, all over the country, and I've been to several conferences, and I have been a part of several ministry things, and I have never been someplace where I have seen a spirit of excellence the way I have seen it on this conference this weekend. I've never been treated with more respect, more honor. Uh, my husband and I, from the moment they picked us up from the airport till just this moment right here, just kudos to you guys. It, when you honor uh, the men and women of God, God honors you. And so I have no doubt in my mind that God is going to fulfill every request that you people have from the Father and all the desires of your heart concerning your church. God is totally going to have his hand upon your church and he's going to totally bless this place. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. My husband and I have felt very loved, very cared for. I mean, just anything we've needed or wanted, y'all been right there, and it just has blessed my heart so much. I, I'm a firm believer in ministry when I host conferences myself that everything I do, I'm going to do with a spirit of excellence because if you can't do it with excellence, just don't do it, you know. And I have speakers come to me all the time and say, I have never been treated with more honor and respect than I was treated and given so and done for so at one of your conferences. I've never had anyone treat me like that. And I want you to know I've never had anyone treat me like y'all have treated me this weekend. And I am just so blessed and honored. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. My husband and I both do. Most of you know this is the love of my life, the side of Jesus, my honey love, my baby love. And we've been married for 39 years, and he still takes my breath away. Amen. So I honor you. You want to say anything? No? Okay. All right. So um, anyway, um, I, I want to say a few things. I was praying this morning, and the Holy Spirit spoke a few things to me. Um, is there anyone named Kelsey here or someone that have a, are you a Kelsey? Are you Kelsey? Well, Kelsey, the Lord has a word for you. The Lord told me that he's bringing you to the next level of worship in him. He's going to bring you up to a whole new level and a whole new perspective of seeing things as God sees them. He's going to begin to open your eyes, and he's going to begin to show you some things that you know not of. There have been some secret things that he wants to reveal to you, and there's some secret desires of your heart that he wants to give to you. And so, uh, Kelsey, I say to you that there's fixing to be a shifting in your life, and it's a shifting for a good thing because you're going to come up to a whole new level. And it's kind of like God says, I want you to come up here and sit with me because I want to show you some things. Amen. And God's going to tap into an anointing that was knitted and put together inside of you when he knits you together and he puts you within your mother's womb. And the Lord says, now is the season where he's going to tap into that inside of you. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I've never felt this way. I've never uh, experienced this before. And God says, if you'll just get in the river and flow He's going to blow your mind with what he's going to do, not only in you, but through you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I have a specific uh, word for uh, mothers and fathers out there who have prodigal daughters. Anyone here have a prodigal daughter? Anyone have a prodigal child? 
prodigal daughter. Y'all probably don't have daughters that are that old to be that. Well, I had a specific word for, and I, I, and I got it early this morning in prayer, and maybe it's just for, for another group I'm going to be ministering to, but it was just like, so prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. Anyone here have parents? Or you have a sister or something that's a prodigal, do, prodigal out there somewhere? Okay, well, there you go. If you got a sister, this is, it was for a sister slash daughter type of thing. And this is what the Lord says. He said, God hand, God's hand is upon her. Stop worrying. God says she was raised right, and uh, God's got her. That's all there is to it. God's got her. She will surrender, and she will dance before the Lord. She will worship God in spirit and in truth, and she will be God's vessel, holy vessel, vessel of holiness. And God says, don't have any fear about that. He said, I've got it. I've got her. Amen. I've got her. Amen. I've absolutely got her. And so, in fact, I decree and declare over every prodigal son and daughter, over every prodigal sister and brother, over every prodigal mother and father, I decree and declare that they're going to come to themselves and they're going to say to themselves, was it not better at my father's house? And they're going to come running. And I decree and declare that every seat in this auditorium, every seat in that new church that you're building is going to be filled with these prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. I decree and declare that the harvest is going to be not big, but it's going to be enormous for your church. God says you are going to see them come by the droves. And the Father says you must be ready and you must be prepared for what I'm going to do. The Father says they're going to come in and they're going to look like a hot mess. But God says if you'll just love them, I will show them and make them a miracle. God said, if you'll just love them, I'll turn their hot mess into a, to a holy miracle. Hallelujah. And God said, I'll give them a testimony that's going to end all testimonies. And it'll all be that I just walked in off the street into city church and God touched my life and had, gave me a raw encounter with him. And so just be encouraged on that. Also, uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning in my quiet time. And he said, the assignment of fear is being canceled off of the children in this church. I very much picked up a spirit of fear and intimidation on the children, and the Lord says that the assignment of fear is canceled off of your children. I decree and declare the fear that you as mothers and fathers have concerning your children is being canceled, at right, it's being canceled off of you right now. God is never going to use fear to do anything in his children, ever. Fear is never, ever, ever going to be used by God to make you do something for your children or not do something for your children. Fear is never going to be of God. And I cancel the assignment of fear off of your lives in Jesus' name. The fear of fear, the fear, fear is a spirit, and it is subject to the authority that you walk in as mothers and fathers. In fact, I encourage you to go through your homes and literally decree and declare, take authority over the spirit of fear, anoint your homes with oil, anoint their beds with oil, anoint your bed with oil, anoint every doorpost and window in your house, then open the front door and tell it, get out. And if there's anything associated with you, get out too. Amen. And you're not coming back in our house. Amen. Because the fact of the matter is, is righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace and joy are to be your portion. You have righteousness because of what Jesus did for you. But peace and joy. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to live without two-thirds of the kingdom in my life. And you can have peace and joy in your home. My husband and I are raising our children above all else. 
we, we told our children we're going to have peace and we're going to have joy in our home. And if you can't get in alignment with that, you don't get to stay in our home. And I know that's kind of bold, but that was what, and our children were like, oh, yeah, we're going to have peace and joy. And so that's all there was to it, right? My mom will put me in a box under a bridge. You better believe it. That's all I got to provide for you as far as covering goes. So anyway, <laughs> y'all think, man, yeah, I was, we were serious about that. We were going to have peace and joy in our home no matter what. And it can be your portion as well. And you don't have to put up with the fear and the intimidation that your children are having to deal with, the trauma, the drama, the, the traumatizing, scary dreams. You do not have to put up with that. And God specifically told me that the spirit of fear is being canceled off of this church, off of the families in this church, off of your lives, and off the lives of your children. And he also told me one more thing. He said, uh, the spirit of barrenness is being broken off of the families in this church. The spirit of barrenness. And, and I specifically felt in my spirit that it was concerning giving the birth of children. That barrenness is broken and that you are going to be able to have children. God is calling this a fruitful season for you and fruitfulness shall be your portion in this new era. He's also breaking barrenness in, errands, in areas off of this church where there has been a little bit of dryness and a little bit of barrenness. God is saying that is broken off of this church as well. Amen. And y'all are going to begin to experience the floodgates. You're going to begin to experience the well, be like a well-watered garden, says the Spirit of the Lord, a well-watered garden. And you will begin to experience the fruitfulness that comes with being well-watered by Holy Spirit. Amen. Well-watered, you know, well, y'all got that. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Let's get into the word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your tablets or whatever, I'm old school, so I need the Kevin special, guys. So <laughs> I know that that's what it's called, the Kevin special. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 8. We're going to go to verse 26. And I'm going to read it to you. And it says, uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, because we know the south is a wonderful place to go, hallelujah, and along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, this is the desert. Now I want to stop right there. The Spirit of the Lord has given Philip instruction. He wants him to arise, and he wants him to go, and he wants him to go to a place called Gaza, which is a desert. You mean to tell me, and let me tell you what desert means in this scripture. Desert means a lonesome place, a waste place, a desolate place. It means a solitary place. It means a wilderness place. It means an arid place and having no water. You mean to tell me that the Spirit of the Lord would send me someone who serves God with all my heart, who ministers and worships to the Father, who does what the Father says? You mean to tell me that He would send me to a desert? Absolutely He would. Because there's assignments attached to your life. And if it means that you have to go to a wilderness place for the fulfillment of that assignment to happen, guess what? God will send you to a wilderness place because God cares more about people than he does your comfort. Amen. He cares more about the man than he does the ministry. He cares more about the person that he sees that needs to encounter him through you. And so therefore he will cause you to go to a place that might not be comfortable for you. 
Amen. He might cause you to go to a wilderness season because there's somebody in that wilderness place that you will have to encounter. There's some, you mean he's going to tell me to go to a dry place? I don't like going to dry places. But guess what? There's an assignment there. And if you ever yielded yourself to God and said, God, here I am, use me. If you can do anything with this housewife from Onalaska, Texas, I'm going to ask you to do it. When I was 27 years old, I had a raw encounter with God. I was vacuuming my floor in my living room. And God began to speak to me about the call of God upon my life. And I said, God, I, you know, I was raised in a religion that told me that women didn't do the kind of things that I was hearing the Spirit of the Lord telling me that I was going to do. He said, Susan, I'm going to send you all over the world and you will prophesy and you will preach my word. You will do what I say do and you will speak what I say speak and I will perform the words from your mouth. I promise you, just as I promised Samuel, that not one of his words would fall to the ground. So I say to you, not one word you prophesy I will fall to the ground. And I was like, but God, I'm a woman. I have called you to prophesy and travel the world and do, and I was like, but God, I'm a mother. God, I'm a wife. But don't you think he realized when he knit me together and put all this prophetic gift in me that he put woman parts in it too? Come on now. And so to those haters who say women should not be teaching in the house of God, because Paul and I are going to have a discussion about that when I get there, glory to God. Um, uh, I, I tell him, I said, well, it's not me preaching. It's a he Holy Ghost living on the inside of me, hallelujah, that God is using this mouth to speak through. Amen. And so uh, I remember sitting there vacuuming my floor and having this conversation with the Lord. And all of a sudden I said, God, why can't I just do what I'm doing now? And what I was doing now as I was teaching a little uh, kids Bible school and I was teach, I was cooking for the people that were sick in our church and I was, um, you know, doing whatever the, the youth needed doing. I was kind of doing that stuff. And all of a sudden I felt the spirit of the Lord grab me by the hair of of my head, pull me up, and I was standing before the throne of God. God is, I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, and all of a sudden he pulled his arm back like this, and he said, Susan, this is what you did with your life. And I, I me and my sassy self, I'm just standing there like this, and I'm looking at it, and I said, well, that looks like good stuff. That looks like good stuff. It was doing what I told you I was doing. And, but then the Lord spoke to me, these words that I never, ever want to hear him speak to me. He said, but Susan, this is what I wanted you to do with your life. And this was going to nations, prophesying and preaching and teaching the word of God. And when I came out of that vision, my body came right back down to the ground. I ended up in the floor that I was just vacuuming in a puddle of snot and tears as I yielded myself fully to the Lord and said, God, if you can do anything with this housewife, I'm just going to yield to you and let you do it. And so at that moment in time, my life ceased to be my own. I'm sure by looking at me, you can tell I'm a girly girl, right? Six weeks later, I was on the mission field. Six weeks later, I was on the mission field. And I was in places that didn't smell good. I was in places that didn't feel good. I was in places where, quite honestly, the people stunk. And I have a very strong olfactory sensor. I can smell 
you know, just things that most people can't smell, and I have a very easy gag reflex, so, you know, as you're praying for them and you're casting a demon out of them, you're gagging with them because that's grossing you out, and I'm like, how good is this look, you know, and, but anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm happier than I have ever been in my entire life because I realize even though it stinks and it's uncomfortable and it smells and it's a desert place for me, it's a wilderness place for me that I am in the slap-dab perfect wheel for my life doing this thing that I told the Lord I did not want to do. But when I gave my life to Jesus and I said, God, use me for purpose and use me for glory, guess what? He really took me at my word and he began to use me and put me in very uncomfortable places. So will God put you in uncomfortable places because he needs you to encounter and someone to encounter you, you to encounter someone and someone to encounter you? Absolutely. Amen. So God will send you to desert places. And then the next scripture says, I love this about Philip. It says, so in verse 27, so he arose and he went radical obedience. He didn't pray about it for six weeks. He didn't say, God, I need you to give me three confirmations. Let the wool be wet, then let the wool be dry. I need you to have a prophet come to my door, knock on my front door and said, thus saith the Lord thy God, go. Yeah, no, I don't have to have all that. I love this about Philip, that he, the Holy Spirit told him, arise and go. And Philip's next response, response was, I arose and I went. He arose and he went. Amen. He got up. Amen. He arose and went without discussion, without debate, just obedience. That's the only thing he had on his life. And I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me at the beginning of the new year for this new year we're in. He told me, he said, Susan, the benchmark and the mark upon my people in this new era will be radical obedience. I mean, radical obedience in every area of our lives, not only just in our giving, but in our going and in our doing and in our speaking, it will be radical obedience. I'm hearing a humming back here. Is this just me? Like a hum? Okay. I, I hear it. It's like a real high pitch. Yeah, like that. Okay. All right. Just making sure. All right. And didn't, didn't think want something, whatever. Okay. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury had, and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Okay, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what a eunuch is. Some of you might know what a eunuch is, but basically what a eunuch is, for use of a better word, he is a castrated male. In other words, he's impotent and he's unable to produce after his own kind. Okay, that's what a eunuch is. And so he's come up to Jerusalem to worship. In verse 28, was returning from Jerusalem where he went to worship and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near. In other words, I want you to approach and I want you to overtake this chariot, okay? So I want to give you a little bit of a picture here. So this eunuch, this impotent man who can't reproduce in any kind of way is coming back from Jerusalem from worshiping God. Well, I want to tell you a little bit about eunuchs. Number one, eunuchs are absolutely forbidden in those days to go into the temple because they were considered flawed 
and they were considered blemished and they were not allowed to go into the temple. So I find it quite amazing that this eunuch has gone to Jerusalem to worship to a place where he is not welcomed and he is not allowed. And so it speaks to me and it tells me that he had a, a form of knowing maybe about God, but he didn't have a maybe a personal relationship with him because he was never able to go into the temple where the Jews believed that that's the place where you go in to worship God. So see, he was from afar, you know, standing afar outside of it. But I, I just find the fact that even though he couldn't go in, he still went to worship. Come on now. Hallelujah. And it says here, and the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, go near and overtake. In other words, he said, I want you to go and I want you to join yourself. That's what overtake means, to join yourself. And I'm telling you, you better, it means to join, to align yourself with. And I'm telling you, you better be aware of who God tells you to align yourself with in this season. It better be God telling you to align yourself with him. Because I, it is so important who we run our race with in this hour. It is so important because there's going to be particular blessings and particular things that God is going to do in us and through us when we align ourselves with the right people. Amen? Okay. So, anyway, he says to overtake this, this chariot. And it says, so, in verse 30, so Philip ran to him. I got, you got to love Philip. Come on now. Everything the Lord tells him to do, he did it. I mean, he arose, get up and go. He got up and went. Then go here to this desert place. He goes to the desert place. He's sitting around here like, what's my next assignment, God? He says, see that chariot? Go join yourself to it. So he runs up to it. Philip runs to him, and he heard the eunuch reading the prophet Isaiah. And then Philip says to him, do you understand what you're reading? I want to tell you something. When you're at the right place at the right time, God will give you the right words, and you will see the miracle-working power of God. Because this is what happened. Philip sent to the, went to the right place, which was the desert, right? And he was there at the right time. Because can you imagine? It's like God saying, right now I want you to go over there and I want you to sit next to that woman in that restaurant. Just go sit right next to her. And all of a sudden she's sitting there going, Jesus, I don't know what to do. And guess what's going to happen? God's going to give you the right words. Because Philip asked him, he said, do you understand what you're reading? The right time. And then he said in verse 31, he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him divine appointments. I absolutely love them. And then the place in the scripture where he read, which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. In verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and he said, I ask you of whom does this prophet say this of himself? or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. He didn't preach his church. He didn't preach his religion. He preached Jesus to him. So he was at the right place at the right time with the right words because I can tell you the right words will always be, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, about Jesus, hallelujah. That'll always be the right words. Amen, amen. And it says he preached Jesus to him. And then in verse 36, it says, now as they went down the road, they came to some water. Uh, hold up a minute. Where are we bees? In a desert. And what's the more one thing about a desert is it's dry. 
and there is no water in a desert. It's arid. If you've ever been to Gaza, it's extremely arid. It's almost like a dust bowl. But here they are all of a sudden, and lo and behold, what do they see? They see a big old pile of water or big old deep pile of water or however you would call that, you know. Okay, and then it's, then, and the eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Because the thing about it is this, and I love this, because he had been hindered from being able to go into the temple to worship this God that he knew about. But all of a sudden, someone comes up along his chariot, begins to run up beside it and ask him, hey, do you understand what you're reading out of the book of Isaiah? And he says, how can I understand unless someone explain it to me? And all of a sudden, Peter, I mean, uh, Philip opened his mouth and begins to preach Jesus to him. And all of a sudden, this eunuch's eyes are open and he understands, wait a minute, I don't have to be denied into the presence of God anymore because I have heard about a man named Jesus who lets me come in, who accepts me for who I am, flaws, blemishes and all. And I have authority now to walk boldly into the very throne of God where I have been denied access all this time because of who I was and and how I was made. He said, but now I've not been denied. He said, what is forbidding me from being baptized? What is hindering me from being baptized? And Philip says to him in verse 37, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, it wasn't some big, huge, oh, let's pray and vote you in and all that stuff. It's just, I believe, the church makes coming to know Jesus so difficult. And God makes it so easy. Religion will make it difficult to know Jesus. But God makes it so easy to know him. All you got to do is believe with all your heart that what the Word of God says about him is what he is. Amen. He's a Savior and he's a salvation. Amen. And so it says he commanded the chariot to stand still. Because, you know, when someone decides that they want to give their life to Jesus, I believe with all my heart, all of heaven goes, shh, hush. And they listen. And they listen for that one soul, that one heart that will turn its, its, its face and its direction toward the Lord. And all of heaven stands still because they want to rejoice over that soul coming into Christ, coming into the kingdom, coming into the family. I'm sorry. Oh, God. You know, one of the things about myself that I've always hated about myself as a child growing up is that I was so emotional. I couldn't talk about Jesus without crying. I love him so much. I can't talk about him without crying. And I used to hate the fact that God had made me so loud. Every report card I ever got, my father saved them all. Susan talks too much, and she's too loud. And I used to hate those things about myself. But when I surrendered my life to the Lord, and I said, God, you can take this housewife from on Alaska, Texas, and do anything with my life. Here I am, use me. And God, I'll never forget this. I was in Africa. I've been to Africa several times. 
and they put me in a car and said, we're going to take you into the jungle, 160 miles into the desert jungle. <laughs> and he said, we're going someplace where they've never seen a white person. And I'm thinking, so I'm going to be the first white person they ever, my God, can you imagine me being the first white person you ever see in your life? Oh my God, Quasi-Mazungu is what they called me. I'd be going, I, when I arrived there at this open field, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, of course, there's 160 miles in the jungle. There is no electricity. There is no nothing. There's not one thing except a little platform. And I looked at that, and all of a sudden, out of the jungle, from every side of where this open field was, people began to come out in droves. And I kept hearing, Quasi-Mazungu, oh, Quasi-Mazungu. And they might have only come to see the Quasi-Mazungu, but I'm going to tell you right now, this Quasi-Mazungu showed them Jesus. I can tell you right now. I don't care if you ever remember my name, but if you know that you experienced Jesus by being in my presence, then I've done the job that God has called me to do. And I looked at all these people, these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming out of the woodwork, I mean, out of the jungle, every, every direction. And I said, God, what am I going to do? I had to laugh. He said, Susan, you're going to open that loud mouth and preach the gospel. And I'll never forget, I stood on that little platform, shaky, rickety platform, and I opened this loud mouth with no microphone, no electricity, no nothing, and I preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I still remember the sermon I preached, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and then all the benefits that come with Jesus being your shepherd. Then I asked and had the altar call. I said, does anyone here want all these benefits? Every hand went up. I said, then you must know Jesus as the shepherd, because all these benefits hinge on knowing him as Lord. Everything. And I said, so we're going to have this altar call. And I I said, let's, let's, if you want Jesus, come forward. And you know what amazed me? Is that people on the back row, the back row came to receive Jesus because of this loud mouth. <laughs> because of this loud mouth and the willingness on my part to go where God said go. Rise up and go. Rise up and preach. Go and do this. And so he, Philip asked, I mean, Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he was baptized. And, and now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But can I tell you a little bit of the story that's not in the Bible, that the Bible scholars teach, is that this eunuch goes back to Ethiopia, this person who could produce nothing out of his flesh of his own kind. He goes back to Ethiopia, and he starts the first Christian church in Ethiopia, and it said that many were saved at this church. So I thought, God, look at you letting this eunuch 
Christian believer be able to produce now after his own kind? <laughs> How good is our God? How good is our God that he would take the flawed, the rejected, that he would take the shriveled up in their body and he would do a great work through them all because he said, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And he went on to produce the largest Christian community in Ethiopia known at the time. In fact, it was the first one ever started in Ethiopia. That's what the Bible scholars teach, that they were able to trace back and find out that he started a church, and it was the first Christian church in Ethiopia, and that it grew, and that the whole nation began to be one for the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about producing after yourself. Come on now. I mean, producing after what you've experienced, and that's what this is about. What are you producing? Are you producing your ministry, your name, or are you giving them Jesus? Are you producing after him? Amen. And so I just, I thought it was such a great, because God gave me this word before we left Texas, and I didn't know y'all were having a baptism service, because all of it centers around the miracle, because when you're at the right place, at the right time, with the right words, you will see the miracle working power of God. You will see that in a desert place, there was a wellspring of life. And not only was there a place for them to go into the water, because you had to realize at this time how deep the water was, that they both were able to get down into the water. Hallelujah. He baptizes him and he comes up. And then the Spirit of God catches Philip away. And I asked Holy Spirit, I said, why? And he said, do you know why? He said, because I didn't want them building a temple or a tabernacle there around this event. I needed that man to take what he received and go back to his home and produce back at his place what had been done in him in this desert place. Come on. <laughs> Woo! So, yes, God would send you to the desert. He would send you straight to the wilderness because there's somebody that needs to encounter the Jesus in you. Somebody that needs to hear about Jesus. Christ in him crucified, amen. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for this, yeah, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the word. I thank you, Father God, that we are going to go. We don't have a problem going to the desert places. We don't have a problem going to the wilderness places. Father God, we are going to go because we have been commissioned by Holy Spirit. I thank you right now, Father God. Put your hand on your ears. And I want you to pray and say, Father, let me hear clearer than I've ever heard. Let me obey quicker than I've ever obeyed. Let me follow the leading of Holy Spirit like I have never followed it before. Because, Father, I want to go where you say go. I want to say what you say, tell me to say, and I want to see with the right words, and I want to see the miracle-working power of God through my life and in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Does anyone here need to know my sweet, sweet Jesus? Anyone here? Anyone here need to know my sweet, sweet? Not that I could see you even if you raised your hand anyway, so I guess it don't make any difference. <laughs> but anyway, so everybody's good, right? I can't see. Okay, everybody's good. Because Jesus is amazing, I can tell you. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship a little bit. Praise God. Stand to our feet and worship, guys. Here, buddy.
I'm giving your husband this Bible so we don't take it off somewhere. Get my water. Let us get does this tell me how many minutes I actually have? What is that? Okay, thank you. Oh, honey, that's all I know how to do. Thank you. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that He is about to shift some of you out of your comfort zones. And He's going to ask you to go. And He's going to ask you to speak. He's going to ask you to join yourself to somebody. And it's going to be a whole lot out of your comfort zone. But God says if you will obey Him and obey Him quickly, that you will see God do amazing, miraculous things through your life. You know, I'm going to tell you a personal story real quick. Um, Holy Spirit just brought it back to my remembrance. I was at home one day, and I had been ministering to this young woman who opened a shop in Onalaska, a dress shop in Onalaska. And she was a, an ex-Pentecostal girl, raised, raised hardcore Pentecostal, had gotten and walked away from God, from everything. And here she was opening this dress shop, and, you know, she did all the makeup, and I knew she wasn't Pentecostal anymore because of how she was dressing. One day I was in my bedroom and I was praying and I was getting ready and I heard Holy Spirit tell me he said I want you to go to her shop today I said all right so as soon as I finished getting dressed I got in my car and I went to her shop and when I walked in she said oh hi because see I've been ministering to her about the things of God I've been ministering to her and trying to basically woo and draw her back into back into God because I you know because God loves her and he cared about her right and um, I walked into her shop and she said, oh, hi, Miss Susan. I said, hey. I said, how are you today? And she said, I'm good. I said, well, I'm just here because, you know, I just felt I had to run in here for a second. And so I kind of look around, and I see a shirt, and I see this, and I bought a few gifts for some friends of mine. And when I go up to the checkout counter, I check out, and she's kind of shaking. And I said, are you okay, honey? And she says, yeah. She said, uh, she said I've, I, I have something I need to tell you. And I said, okay, what? What do you want to tell me? She said, my husband and I had a huge fight last night, and I was very upset. And this morning when I was taking a shower, I was crying, and I started praying. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if I'm supposed to stay in this thing, and I'm supposed to continue doing this with my shop, I'm going to ask you to have Susan Richardson walk into my store this morning. And I walked into her store. And when she told me that, I grabbed her hand and I said, oh, honey, well, let me tell you, I'm a divine connection today because this is exactly where the Spirit of the Lord told me to come today. And God wants you. And I just started prophesying over her life. Grabbed her hand, started speaking life into her, started prophesying over her. And all of a sudden, another woman has come in. I don't care. I mean, because I'm on a God assignment. I don't care if they hear me. I don't, you know, whatever. And that woman comes up to me and she says, um, excuse me, I'm not trying to eavesdrop, but she said, are you that Susan Richardson? I said, well, I am Susan Richardson. I'm not sure if I'm that Susan Richardson, but I am Susan Richardson. 
And she said, are you the one who posts the words every day from God on, on this thing called, I said, Love Never Fails Ministries web Facebook page? She said, yes. I said, yes, that's me. And she said, oh, my God. She said, can I tell you your words have literally brought me out of the pit of depression. And so I said, really? I said, well, honey, grab my hand. And let me prophesy over you, too. And when I walked away from all that, can I tell you, the very next Sunday, Crystal was in church there, a local church in Onalaska. And guess what's happening today? Crystal's daughter, who is 10 years old, accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior, and her daughter is getting baptized today. Her daughter is getting baptized in Texas today. A whole family come back to the Lord because God said, I needed to go to a dress shop in Onalaska, Texas. I'm telling you people, if you're at the right place, at the right time, with the right words, you will see the miracle working power of God. Amen. Amen. I bless you guys because I can bless you by none greater. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God that I serve. I love me some Jesus. Amen. <laughs>